why our metabolic health is important. So let's start with what is metabolism. It's the process the body uses to convert what you eat and drink into energy. As we age, in general, our metabolism starts to slow. But for women during menopause, the, the changes in our hormones, our declining hormones, changes how we metabolize and store excess energy, basically fat. Um, that's why one of the signs that you are going into menopausal, perimenopausal, is that extra weight appearing around your midriff. Um, and unfortunately, if it's not addressed, then it can lead to something called metabolic syndrome. And, and postmenopausal women are, you know, type 2 diabetes is quite a, a big risk factor. It's one of those risk factors. So metabolic syndrome can be defined as a cluster of conditions that occur together. Um, so this could be high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, excess body fat around the, the midriff, and um, insulin resistance. You might have heard of that before. I'll cover that a little bit in a minute, what that is. So having one of these doesn't mean you have metabolic syndrome, but what it does is it gives you a greater risk of developing a serious metabolic disease, such as, um, like I said, type two diabetes, um, things like cardiovascular disease, strokes, and even cancers. So it's, it's quite important that, that this is addressed. And metabolic syndrome, or METS, isn't something that just affects perimenopausal and menopausal women it can actually affect younger women um and you know if you've got somebody that's you know a young person that has um high blood pressure um type 2 diabetes and things like pcos is another sign of a metabolic um issue condition so what happens when we go through menopause um, as our estrogen levels drop, we, and that's the, estrogen is our, well, estradiol is our main estrogen, and this is the one that is produced by the ovaries predominantly. So obviously, as we go into menopause and we and our ovaries stop producing estradiol, then that's when um, that's when a lot of our symptoms start because the reduction in our estrogen is what causes the majority of our symptoms. So as this drops, what we can see is a, an increase or a dominance of testosterone. And obviously testosterone, although we have testosterone and then have low levels of female um, progesterone and estrogen, um, Obviously, for us, um, estrogen is our dominant. But as we, if, if the, when this balance goes out and we produce more testosterone and have testosterone or androgen dominance, that's when again you see that switch from pear to apple, which is a more male frame. So this is why we see the change in where we're laying our fat down. As our estrogen levels drop, 
Um, and as I say, we can sometimes we can get that testosterone dominance instead of laying fat and having predominantly our fat around our hips, which we do as women. It goes onto our midriff, which is what we don't want because that is the most dangerous place to have to store fat. So, and also, um, you know, there, there are lots of other things that go alongside androgen dominance. There is a protein that is produced by the liver that binds to testosterone, androgens, and estrogens to increase their bioavailability. And that can also, as that gets decreased levels of that, that can also lead to increases in things like our cholesterol so insulin resistance so healthy insulin the, the process of this insulin is released by the pancreas in so when you eat insulin is re released by the pancreas to in response to high glucose because we turn that food into glucose and then what happens is is that insulin attaches to an insulin receptor and near those insulin receptors are on the outside of our cells and this opens a little gateway into the cell so the glucose enters the cell and that makes ATP which is energy basically so in insulin resistance what happens is, is the insulin can't attach to those receptors into that little gateway that goes into our cell so what happens is, is the glucose instead of going into the cell and producing energy, it ends up circulating in our bloodstream, which is not what we want. Um, and things that can contribute to insulin resistance can be high levels of stress, sleep disruption, both of which are, you know, much more predominant when, when we're going into menopause. But also, um, we can have things like we have a couple of hormones called ghrelin and leptin and these are i suppose they, they control our appetite and they tell our body our brain whether or not we're full so if you're feeling if you are feeling hungry more then what happens is, is you have increased ghrelin so i always think of ghrelin as girl i'm hungry Whereas, and you might have decreased leptin, which is the thing that tells us we're full. So, you know, those things can also lead to insulin resistance. So what can we do? Well, know your stats. So the criteria for diagnosis for metabolic syndrome is a BP above 130 over 85, um, a waist circumference of more than 35 centimetres, um, good cholesterol, so our HDL cholesterol levels of less than 1.3 or 50 milligrams, and a fasting glucose level of higher than 6.1. So those are things. So knowing your stats, I've said this before with our cardiovascular health, knowing your stats, knowing your cholesterol level, knowing your BP, those are really, really important things that we should be keeping an eye on. Also, reducing the amount of processed foods. So I'm not just talking, you know, just your, your raw 
you know, the amount of things like sugars that you're eating, but also the type of carbohydrate you're eating. So you, I think I covered this last week, you want to be eating more whole grains because those things release slower, glucose slower, slower into your system. So you're not getting those sugar spikes where you go down here, you eat something sugary, and then you go back up here and then you have that drop and you've got this constant. You want a sugar level like this. Um, so don't stop eating carbohydrates because we need them for fiber and things like that. The problem that we have as women now in menopause is that we just, we struggle to process it. So making sure that you choose wisely and you're reducing the amount of those processed um, sugars, um, cakes, biscuits, things like that. And I think I have a live um, at the end of the month about sugar because it's not unusual when we go through menopause to crave those sweeter foods. I've always been somebody that's been a savoury person, but I have to say it takes me a lot of willpower now to stay away from cakes and pastries. And actually even talking about it now, all, I want, all I'm thinking is donut, donut. Um, so consider things like intermittent fasting because that's really good for regulating your um, blood sugar levels. And as I've said before, it's also really, really good for women um, during menopause. Um, it's a really good way of eating to control your weight, but also it has lots of other health benefits as well. And again, that can be things like um, hormone balance, um, reducing inflammation, which is something else that as we go through menopause, we suffer more with. Um, I've actually, I'm, I'm quite excited. There's, um, I'm using, I've just started, there's a new product range that I um, basically started using that is specifically for increase, increasing our metabolism, our cellular health, and a whole host of other um, benefits as well. But I think it could be really amazing for menopausal women specifically for because of this metabolic this change in the way we metabolize food so I'll, I'll keep you posted on that because I'm really excited about 